Judaizers, the sin of observing the law of Moses, part five. We have a problem in the church today. I'm going to address that. Michael Pearl, I am at the door tonight in Lobeville, Tennessee. This is No Greater Joy Ministries. You can locate us at nogreaterjoy.org. Now, what are Judaizers? Judaizers are people who believe that they need to get back to Hebrew roots. They need to go back to the roots of Christianity in Hebrewism. Now that's kind of like a Johnson grass or pigweed transplanting itself into a peach orchard saying it's getting back to its peach roots. It never had peach roots. It doesn't belong there. It's, it's humorous today that Christians who don't know anything about Judaism, never been part of it, think they're going to go back to their roots. And they're not Jews. No way they could go back to roots. So what is this Hebrew roots movement? They believe that all believers in Christ are obligated to follow Jewish laws and practices from the book of Moses. Now some of them have tempered that a little bit and they say no. To live a life that pleases God, a Torah-observant walk must be part of that life. So some of them don't claim that you're saved or that you're justified or that it's even absolutely essential that you do that, but simply that you please God if you go to a Torah law-observant walk. Then some say keeping the old covenant law is walking a higher path. And it's the best way to please God and receive his blessings. So this more liberal group would not impose upon you their beliefs. They would simply say that they are pleasing God in keeping Torah, keeping the law. And they're getting special blessings for doing so. Now Hebrew roots believe that Gentile Christians have been grafted into Israel. This is the foundational era of their teaching. And this is one reason why every born-again believer in Jesus the Messiah should be Torah observant. It's the idea that Christians joined Judaism, that the new covenant was not a brand separate spanking new covenant, but that it was a covenant added to or an expansion of the Old Covenant. Matthew chapter 5, they reference this passage quite often. Think not that I'm come to destroy the law of the prophets. I'm not come to destroy it, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments, and shall teach men so, and you see, I say it's a sin to keep the law of Moses. So I would be breaking their commandments. I say it's a sin to keep Sabbath. I say it's a sin to tithe. So they would say that I am teaching others, and therefore I'll be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So I hear them say, I just want to be great in God's kingdom, so I keep his law. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. So what these 
subscribers to Judaism don't know is that the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are two different kingdoms. They are not in the kingdom of heaven now, and they never will be. They, if they're born again, are in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven was offered to Israel. Israel rejected. The kingdom of heaven did not come. Now the kingdom of God is presented to the church. The kingdom of heaven is waiting for that time when 144,000 Jews will be saved during the tribulation, and the kingdom of heaven will it be in its infancy, but it will not come until Jesus comes back and destroys the armies of the earth and sets up the kingdom of heaven upon earth. So it's impossible for you right now to be great in the kingdom of heaven. It's amazing how many doctrines are based on ignorance, how many errors are based on ignorance. I have a book called Eight Kingdoms. It goes into great detail on the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. So if you're not aware of that, if you haven't been taught dispensationalism, then you need to get that book. It's a widely believed and accepted subject, or was until the last 30 or 40 years, when Bible study has failed and people have gone more back to their feelings and their worship expressions, and the Bible is not studied or taught so much anymore. Now, Romans 4, Paul addresses this subject. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Here's another passage that the Judaizers, the Hebrew roots crowd, quotes. That Abraham is the father of us all. Indicating in their thinking that the church is simply an extension of Israel, an, an, a, a, a more advanced expression. They say that in the Old Testament era that they were given the law, but they couldn't keep it. But now we've been given the spirit and the law is written in our hearts. So now we're able to do the full expression of that law that was given to them in the Old Testament. Now, Judaizers believe two covenants merge. It began with Abraham and then Isaac and then Jacob, sons of Abraham. Then Jacob has 12 sons. And Judah, one of these sons, eventually becomes what people call Jews from the tribe of Judah. That's when the 10 tribes were carried off into captivity 100 years before the southern two tribes, and mainly Judah, came back with a sprinkling of the other 11 tribes. And then 430 years later, after Judah, comes the law by Moses. And then the prophets come, and you have all the prophets listed there in the latter part of the Old Testament. The prophets speak of a coming Messiah, a coming Christ, give much detail, many, many prophecies. And then eventually Christ comes about 15, 1600 years after the giving of the law, about 2000 years after Abraham, Christ comes. And then Christ, after living his life in obedience to the law, dies. Now, what they teach is that Christians worship God Jesus Christ and keep the law of Moses. They extol and honor that law seeing that the two 
different lines have merged, the law and grace, into one. So that's the concept of the Judaizers. Romans 11, Paul said, If thou were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, he's speaking to Gentiles, wild olive tree, the Gentiles are part of it, and were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree. The good olive tree is where Israel abided. How much more shall these which be natural branches, that's natural Jews, natural Israelites, be grafted into their own olive tree. Now that's just part of a large passage we don't have time to go into. just want you to be familiar with it. You can also look in Romans 4, 16, 9, 7, and 8, Romans 11, 1, and surrounding passages. Now, the seed and the root of Judaism and the seed and the root of Christianity is identical. The same seed. And the Judaizers know that, but they're confused on one point which you'll see. The seed and the root is not the law. The seed and the root of Judaism is not Moses. The seed and the root is Abraham, which is spoken of repeatedly in the New Testament epistles and in the Old Testament as well. So this little seed grew into a plant, and that plant incorporated the Israelites into it. Israel becomes the branches of this olive tree, producing good fruit. But then Israel fell into unbelief. And one by one, they fell away into apostasy and rejection. Jesus came and they rejected Messiah. He came into his own, his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Because Israel rejected its Messiah, the branches are broken off, according to Romans. But a remnant, a, a remnant of grace remains in the root. Now remember, the root is not Judaism. The root is Abraham. And then a wild olive tree, which didn't have as good a fruit on it. It was a wild olive tree that didn't recognize just one God. A wild olive tree that didn't observe the law to not commit adultery. It was full of heathen with all sorts of weird beliefs. Wild olive tree. So here's this tree that Israel has been cut off from after the resurrection. And the wild olive tree is grafted in to the root of Abraham. Now, the Judaizers have read this, but they're confused about it, in that they think that the tree and the root is Judaism, the law, Moses. And that the Gentile church was grafted into Moses, into the law. So that there's just one unbroken stream. How they still believe there's two covenants, I don't understand. There would be a merging of the two covenants, if what they say is true. So the church is grafted into the root of Abraham. And then the rapture, they're taken out. Now once the church is taken out at the rapture, that leaves the root naked. 
At that point, the Bible tells us that God will graft the natural branches back into the root once again. And at that point, Israel will begin to bear fruit from the 144,000 and then throughout the millennium. So notice that the church and Israel never share the root at the same time. There are few saved like the Apostle Paul, a remnant, that he said are neither Jew nor Gentile in Christ. But as a whole, the nations are separate from Israel. So does the new covenant fill up the old covenant or does it replace it? They say that it fills up the old covenant. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is the law, but to that which is the faith of Abraham, who's the father of us all. So what about this thing of Abraham, the father of us all? He never says that the law is our father, Moses is our father, Israel is our father, only Abraham. Abraham, who is the father of us all. So the seed of Abraham is not the seed of Israel. So that we're going to look at this chart again, going to change it up a little bit here. The church is Abraham's seed, not Jacob's. So Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the 12, Judah, and then a 430-year gap between the giving of the law of Moses, 430 years, the Bible said, till the law was added, till the seed should come, which seed is Christ. So Christians who embraced the cross of Christ are of the seed of Abraham. The law is a parentheses period added because of sin, he tells us. So both the Jews and the Christians share Abraham as father. He talks about that in great detail, how that when we're of the faith of Abraham, then Abraham is our father, based on faith, not based on blood lineage, not based on the law. So we look at Galatians chapter 4. Am I therefore your enemy, Paul said, because I tell you the truth. I'm sure there's some people looking at this who feel like I'm their enemy for telling the truth. I desire to be present with you now to change my voice, for I stand in doubt of you. Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondwoman and the other by a free woman. He said, you want to be under the law. Don't you know what the law says? Don't you know that Abraham, there's an allegory? Abraham had two sons. One of them came from a slave woman, an act of the flesh. And the other came from a free woman whom God said would be the head of, who would produce Isaac. And he also, who was of the bondwoman, was born after the flesh. But he of the free woman by promise. He's saying that people under Mosaic system are after the flesh, after the bondwoman. But the church, the believers, are after the free woman. The promise was the promise he gave to Abraham of a coming seed. Which things are an allegory. For these are two covenants, two distinct and separate covenants with the same father. 
They had Abraham to their father. But one of them was bondage. One of them was death and strife. One of them was cast out, rejected after a period of time. The other goes home to receive the inheritance by faith. Two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, you know what covenant that is, that's the mosaic, which gendereth to bondage. He used that word bondage quite a few times in reference to the law. The law is a bondage. It puts people in bondage, which is Agar, that was the Egyptian handmaid that Abraham went into, the act of the flesh, to produce Ishmael, who became the head of the Arabic people. For this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. So he compares the law to Agar, a handmaiden, a slave woman, to Abraham and Sarah, who produced a child from Abraham's loins, and answereth to Jerusalem, that is, it's, subject, it's in subjection to Jerusalem, which now is and is, in, and is in bondage, excuse me. He's saying that the Jerusalem that now is, is as Mount Sinai, and is in bondage with her children. So he's saying that those that were under the law were in bondage. Now, Let's go back and look at that storyline. The Bible tells us God preached before the gospel unto Abraham. He said, in thy seed, Christ, shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. He goes into detail explaining that when he says thy seed, he's speaking singularly of Christ, not plural, as in all the people. So, Abraham receives promise that he will have a child. But after a period of time, Abraham and Sarah begin to doubt that God's going to do it, so they decide to do it on their own. The works of the flesh is what that's called. Agar, a bondwoman, is the way God references that event. It was without faith, the Bible says. It was as Mount Sinai, and it was bondage is the way God represents that act of Abraham. These two are an allegory of two covenants. He says, here is Agar after becoming pregnant, Sarah begins to despise her and puts extra burden on her. And then finally, Sarah gives birth to her own child, the promised child, the supernatural child, child of promise is born from a free woman, which the Bible says is an act of faith. So he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit. The flesh then is the law. So what you see here when Paul is writing is a parallel. At that time, the Jews were persecuting the Christians. He that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, the Holy Spirit. Cast out the bondwoman and her son, God said, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So God's response after a period of time was to cast out the bondwoman and cast out her son. Now that's a parallel that God says cast out the law. The law doesn't die, but it loses its throne. The law doesn't cease. It will not pass away. But it loses its position of reigning over the church. It still exists and still reigns over the lawless. 
It certainly does. The Ten Commandments still hold sway over those that break them. They're not born again. But those who've been born again and placed into Christ have escaped out from under the law, both its jurisdiction and its condemnation. They which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. Talking about those under the law. But the children of the promise are counted for the seed. So God counts those who are saved by faith without the law as the seed of God. Galatians 4. But Jerusalem which is a free, which is mother of us all, for it is written, Rejoice thou that bearest, break forth and cry, thou that travailest not, for thy desolate hath many more children than she which hath a husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac, are the children of promise. So just as Isaac was a child of promise, he said, Today you and I, born again, are children of promise as well, as we come from the promised seed Christ. Galatians 4, But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what saith he cast out the bondwoman her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ. And if ye be Christ, plural, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So you see, those of us in the church, born again, we are Abraham's seed. Just as the Jews were Abraham's seed and are to, to this day. But we are the seed of faith, which gives us certainty of salvation. Where they are the seed of the flesh, which gendereth to bondage and death. Cast out the bondwoman with her son. They'll not be heirs together. That means the two covenants will not reign together. The two covenants cannot be one. They are separate. So this has been Michael Pearl at the door. You can find us again at nogreaterjoy.org.